0: You're tuned in to the MBIT Podcast, led by Seamus Madan. economic and financial topics broken down, educating you on your financial journey. Welcome everyone to the MBIT Podcast. I'm your host, Seamus Madan, and today we have a special guest, Adam Kohler, host of Side Hustle City. I appreciate you taking time to be on the pod. How are you today, Adam?
1: Yeah, doing great. Thanks for having me, Seamus.
0: First off, a uh, quick disclaimer. Um, the podcast is not financial advice. And it's for informational purposes only. Investing is risky, so only risk what you're willing to lose. Today, we'll be discussing side hustles and whether or not you should start one. Um, so, Adam, would you mind introducing yourself to the audience?
1: Yeah, sure. So, uh, my name is Adam Kaylor, and I run a podcast called Side Hustle City we started it last year. I think we're about 50 episodes in now. Um, But we, you know, our whole goal is how do you turn a side hustle into a main hustle, right? I see, you know, a lot of people struggling with, you know, their nine to five jobs. Maybe they're not happy with whatever it is they're doing. And you see all these stories and, you know, you watch YouTube and all this, and, you know, you got these people making millions of dollars and, you know, getting people hyped up. And, you know, a lot of those people are just trying to get, you know, views or whatever, and their advice really isn't doable. So, we want to, We want to actually invite people in who have, who've done things, who are like real people, right? They don't really have an an agenda. They're just like, hey, look, I needed a few hundred extra bucks to pay the rent, or I needed to do this or that, or pay for my car. So, you know, I started this side hustle and it turned into something bigger. So, you know, that's that's one of the things we want to focus on. My background is in startups. Uh, We built a startup, uh, essentially eliminated the paper process and the real estate uh, documents, Uh, side of things. And we sold that company to Zillow in 2015. And, uh, you know, ever since then, I bought a building, I own a co-working space, I own an advertising agency. And uh, yeah, just my whole goal is to help people kind of move on from, you know, their dependency on a nine to five job.
0: Oh, sounds awesome. Um, So before the pod, uh, where did you begin your journey and what got you interested in side hustles?
1: Well, you know, I've, you know, the startup thing I've been doing for a while, the advertising thing I've been doing for a while, probably since 2008. Um, I mean, I've been in the advertising world since 95, 96. Um, I actually went to a performing arts school here in Cincinnati and, um, you know, we, we were kind of, we were never really trained to be workers. If you know what I mean, like you go into the typical school system and, you know, they train you to sit there and listen to somebody you know, lecture you all day and, uh, you know, go to work, be on time, nine to five type of situation. Well, I went to a performing arts school. Everyone there had a dream to do something bigger, right? They didn't want a desk job. They wanted to be on Broadway. They wanted to, you know, there's a lot of things they wanted to do. So, you know, uh, I've just, ever since I was a kid, I went there from the fifth grade until I graduated. Always been, um, you know, thinking outside of the box, I guess, that school trained me to do. And then I worked in the advertising industry and I worked for a gentleman, Rand Mullins, who started his own advertising agency. And since then, everyone who I think I could think of that's ever worked for him, maybe with the exception of one or two people, have uh, started their own businesses. So I kind of got the entrepreneurial bug from him. He he sold a company while I was working there. And, uh, you know, I started working at freelancing at certain agencies around town. And, um, met some guys when I was working at one of the agencies and they were like, Hey, we got this idea for this digital contracts business this e signatures platform. And they wanted to start something up. So, you know, we spent the next 18 months of every weekend in this uh, Panera bread up in Clifton near a uh, university of Cincinnati's campus, just uh, working on the idea. And, you know, next thing you know, we got 150 employees or so and $12 million a year in revenue. And uh, here comes Zillow with a hundred million dollar check. And, uh, we accepted that check. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, but I mean, there you, I, you know, I've yeah. had that experience and it's, it changed my life. Right. And it's, right. it's, it, to me, it would be a shame if people didn't at least try something, you know? So,
0: yeah. So to any people who are thinking about creating a side hustle, would you say just go quit your nine to five job or would you say, Oh no, put no. it on the side and then have your nine to five job as a backup. Oh yeah. You back up. That's a backup the opportunity cost?
1: Yeah, it takes it. It's going to take a while for you to build that up. I mean, right. um, my advertising agency started as a side hustle. So we, I was working at a advertising agency, full time employee, and um, you know realized there's a lot of turnover in that industry. There's a lot of you know if they lose a client, all of a sudden they got to fire thirty people, right? Forty people, and this was a big agency. There was three hundred fifty people there, and um, after I left, like one hundred fifty people got let go, and it just goes to show you know there's no loyalty. And I mean, you know, young people nowadays, I think, you know, my grandpa's generation, you know, they could work at a company, Ford Motor, for 45 years and, you know, finish that up and have a pension and all that good stuff and live out the rest of their days, you know, not have to worry about things, right? Well, there is no, uh, there is there is no loyalty anymore, right? It's numbers, right? it's 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 pure capitalism we've got companies that they have to hit their numbers they owe things to their shareholders and if you're you know somebody they can get rid of if they need to then you're gone and what do you have to fall back on and, and that's what I was thinking I was like man I gotta I gotta have something else so you know I'm picking up freelancing jobs and you know I was blessed to be in an industry where I could do freelance work so I was I'm a graphic designer and a marketer and, uh, you know, I know developers and all that other stuff. So, you know, I'm taking on these projects and anything that I didn't know how to do myself, I just pull other people in and here, next thing you know, I've got this virtual agency and, you know, I've got, I don't know, 50 people over the years I've probably worked with, contractors, and I don't I don't have any full-time employees. Everybody's a contractor and it just works out. And and now you got COVID, everybody's working remote, right? right. So, you know, I was working, you know, making pretty good money uh, at the agency, but, once I started making more money doing this other thing and I started having too many people that wanted to physically meet me during the day, I just had to let that life go and and uh, do my side hustle you know, do my side hustle, turn it into a full-time hustle.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. How did uh, COVID impact your guys' business?
1: It didn't impact me at all. I mean, we uh, you know, I, I business is the same as it's always been for us. I mean, we've we've been virtual forever, so I didn't have to worry about you know, employees coming in and worrying about the mask situation and are you vaccinated and all that other stuff. I didn't have to do that, you know, because I I've set my business up for the last twelve years to be virtual anyway. So nothing really happened. I also own rental property and uh, you know, this commercial real estate space here. So, you know, if anything was really affected, it was probably my co working space because people were afraid to come in. But a majority of the space that we have here are offices. So, you know, everything kept going because, you know, people could shut a door and hide out in their office if they wanted to. But it was just, you know, the co-working part of things probably got affected the most.
0: Yeah, I guess that's the benefit of being prepared for a digital age in an economy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think so. And I think um you just got to be diversified. I mean there's a book that I read that was influential in my life earlier on was um a book called Multiple Streams of Income. I can't remember that. I think it was the last name was Alan, maybe the author. But he just talked about, hey, you gotta, you need multiple streams of income. One of the best ways is real estate. So I started buying rental property, right, back in 2002, maybe 2001, 2002, and uh, you know then the the housing market collapsed, and all those houses that I bought, I could have got for half of what I paid for them, right, and probably a better interest rate at that
0: point. Did you did you decide? I didn't
1: know. No, no, I didn't end up doing it. I, I mean. I, I had my hands in a lot of the things at the time too, and I was running my ad agency. Right. So I was like, oh, I don't need more rental properties. And, you know, they were kind of in the hood where I grew up and, you know, people weren't treating them well and it was just costing me more money than I was making. So, yeah. um, you know, that's one thing you really have to watch out for. And there's the rental property mark, the rental property business is really hard. It's really hard. And um, some people have great luck with it. They can find good places and decent neighborhoods for a real reasonable price. But a lot of times, I mean, you know, there's a housing shortage right now. I mean, good luck going out there and trying to find something to invest in right now. You know, best way to probably do it is just throw your money in something like a fund rise where you can invest and they, you know, they, they're the operators, so they'll manage the property and you'll make your little 12% or whatever. But, you know, it's a lot less risky. Um, right, but right. that's one alternative to, you know, if you wanted to make a little money on the side and you wanted to, you know, you got your money sitting in a bank right now and you're, you're losing money, Right. Because you're earning, you know, inflation's what, 5.5% right now? And you're making 0.01% on your savings or checking account? Like, you got to find a place to put that money where you're making more. And you obviously know this being a financial guy, but you got to put your money somewhere where it's going to make more money. And, you know, Fundrise, I mean, I think on average they're going to hold your cash and you're not going to be able to pull it out for a while. But you're making 12%, you know, maybe 14% on some of these multifamily investments they've got. So I mean that's a great way place I think to put money and I would consider that a, an additional stream of income Dividends, additional stream of income I have that as an a stream of income I just bought a car and I turned around and rented it on Turo I pay 1000 bucks a month for the car I made 2400 bucks last month So I mean that's a side hustle right I got crypto mines upstairs I, I got a you know 24 eth or 24 uh, GPUs running uh, eth and I've got a 6 ASICs running a uh, Litecoin And that makes me, I don't know, 70 bucks a day or something like that, 80 bucks a day. And, uh, you know, that's a side hustle, right? So there's lots of things that you can do. I mean, there's obviously investments that you have to make into that hardware or into a new car. Um, But, you know, in general, you want to try to spread it out, be as diversified as you can so these downturns don't hit you as hard.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of people don't realize, especially in today's economy, with the inflation rate being so high, as as you said, 5%, even with the highest interest rate savings account, you're still losing money with your money just sitting in your savings account. It's really important, which is one of the reasons why I like investing, to start investing into stocks and other types of things like bonds, ETFs, because it's all important to have a diversified stream of income.
1: That's 100% true. And you know, I'm not sure how old you are, but I remember you know being your age and having a guy my age tell me just put your money in the market and don't touch it right and I didn't do that and I look back now and I'm like shit I could have bought Amazon at like one one hundredth of the price it is right now right before they were they were you know cash positive and they were losing money and everybody was like oh the internet's not gonna work and nobody's gonna put their credit card on the internet like you literally had people saying that right and now now you've got people saying that nobody's ever gonna use bitcoin bitcoin that's stupid right so it's like the same people, and I just see it, and I'm like, wow, this guy is the dude who was saying Amazon was never going to make money. Like,
0: <laughs> yeah, in my but opinion, it's, it's, it's all yeah. long-term, and following the fundamentals of investing, just finding a company and just sticking with it in the long-term, and if you really yes. think it's going to do well, just stay with it.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's 100% true, man. Like, you know, if you, uh, you, know, if you believe in it, if you believe in the technology— you know put it in there hold on to it i mean obviously you know you want to probably have a majority of your money in uh and again not financial advice but you probably want to have a majority of your money in something like spy right or v- voo uh, vanguards you know s p fund right uh, you know just do it the warren buffett way right stick a big chunk of your money in something that's gonna on average what make you maybe 11 a year 12 percent a year i mean look at the s p this year what was it up 14 percent, something like that i mean If you would have had your money sitting in the S&P through the whole pandemic and didn't take it out when everything started dropping, you'd be doing all right, you know? Uh, And that's the thing. It's like weak hands are the people that lose money in the market, the people that freak out. Like, the market's going down, my God, I got to sell everything, right? And then you end up buying back higher, right, than what you had originally. And I mean, we had a V-shaped recovery. It was crazy. And I mean, uh, you know, stocks are overvalued right now. I mean, you look at some of these You know multiples and you're like golly these multiples are insane right but i mean where else you put your money right now
0: yeah i mean i i think the uh there there shouldn't be any reason to take money out of the market unless you're putting in way too much um but in my opinion you should only be risking what you're willing to lose in the markets and if that's what your risk allocation is then there should be no reason to take money out
1: yeah i always say you know throw some money in some risky stuff too i mean i you know five percent in bitcoin or five percent, and maybe a you know, mix of Bitcoin, ETH, you know, and some, some maybe some altcoins. Like throw some money in that, you know, not a big deal. You know, you never know. Bitcoin goes to a million dollars, ETH goes to ten thousand dollars, you'll be doing okay, you know, or twenty thousand. ETH might go to twenty. I don't know. But I was or buying. If it they to go to $10. zero,
0: then it doesn't really matter either because no. it's less than five percent of your portfolio.
1: Well, yeah, and if ninety percent of your portfolio is earning twelve percent a year, because you got it in the S and P and maybe a mix of some other stuff, maybe like a Tesla or workhorse or something like that, like some little bit of risky stuff too, you know, high growth type stuff. I mean, if if you lose your 5%, no big deal, cause you're making 10% a year, you know? So, I mean, there's, you know, there's there's things that people could be putting their money into. And, you know, one of the things, you know, once you start building wealth and you have cash available, a lot of new investment opportunities open to you that weren't available to you before. And it's true, it's, it's 100% true that, uh, you know, in order to make money, you gotta have money, right? And and, but you got to get to the point. So everybody has money. Everybody has the money they want to spend on Doordash or Postmates, calling up and getting a Starbucks delivered to them. And you know Starbucks is already overpriced, and then you're paying another five dollars or whatever to have it delivered. Like you got that money, and you're 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 blowing it. You know you're you know everybody wants to party. You know go out on Saturday, Sunday, or you know Friday, Saturday, drink it up, spend fifty dollars at the bar, hundred dollars at the bar. You know, but then you don't got no money, and you're complaining, right? and be responsible, you know? And there's just a lot of people out there who do have money. They act like they don't, or they want to complain about the system, right? And it's all the system. No, it's you're a grown man and you work at uh, a coffee shop. Like, you're 35 years old, you live in your mom's basement, and you make $8 an hour. Like, you're grown. Like, step it up and, and make more money and invest that money and be responsible with the money that you do have, you know? And, uh, you know, there's situations where people can't help where they work, you know? But, you know what are you doing with your money that's the big thing what are you doing with your money are you being responsible with it some people honestly i mean they don't care they don't care about building wealth you know you and i we care about those things right and you know some people just don't they don't want to be wealthy they just want to kind of cruise through life and you know that's that's their choice you know but the people that do want to build wealth look at the money you have what are you spending it on and can you cut back do you need netflix do you need you know, could you bum Netflix off your boy and just use his login? Like, you know, is there? I, hey, seriously, man. Like, there's people that cut corners. Like, uh, I mean, you know, Graham Stephan, right? Like the YouTube yeah, guy, Graham yeah. Stephan. Dude, yeah. he's still making his own coffee.
0: He's, yeah, he's twenty he's cents. Cheap yeah.
1: yeah, he's cheap like me. Look, like, I grew up in a poor neighborhood, and my grandma grew up in the Depression, and she used to you know make sure you keep a quarter in your shoe in case you know you get jumped and you need to use the phone you need to use the pay phone to call you know you get your stuff stolen like that that kind of old school right and you know she you know she made 30 cents working at an hour working at the tie factory and she didn't have a husband and you know she used to she instilled these kind of like hard hard life values on me where you know we were poor but you know listening to her stories we seem rich compared to what, compared to what she had. Right. And it was just like, you know, I spent my majority of my life thinking that way and saving and not overspending and not spending money on stupid stuff that wasn't an investment. I mean, look at this. I mean, I could afford whatever now at this point, but you know, I go buy a thousand dollars a month car and I put it on Turo because I'm like, I'm spending a thousand dollars a month on a depreciating asset. Like I don't, I want to make money on that. Let me put it on Turo and see what kind of money I can make, right? And then I reported yeah. it back to our Facebook group on Side Hustle City just to let them know. And, dude, that was one of my most popular posts because it's obtainable, right? It's something that people can do where they're like, hey, I got a car. Like, how much are you making? Well, I'm making this much. Oh, well, you think I could do that? Yeah, why not? Just fucking put it up there, you know? Like, boom, done. Sorry, my mouth. I Yeah, no.
0: <laughs> Yeah, I guess the the key thing is just to start, and investing didn't always be so easy to get into. And with Robinhood starting their no-commission trading and uh, investing and then all the other brokerage firms following after, it, people should just be putting some money into the market, investing, educating themselves on it, and seeing where it goes.
1: There's no reason for young people not to be investing. It's it's gotten so much more obtainable. Like, it's so easy. Like, the barrier to entry is so low right now. I mean, you can you, you're carrying your phone around with you all day. And you can yeah. keep an eye on your investments. I wouldn't suggest you look at it every day. I, even though I do, here I am telling you what to do, but like I, I do the same damn thing. But you know if you can keep yourself busy and not pay attention to your investments, you're less likely to screw around with it and mess right. with things and take things out and all that. I mean, I you know I when everything kind of collapsed during covid, i I had put some money in some bank stocks and some oil stocks and they weren't really moving, so I sold them and now I look back and I'm like, crap. And I had bought the inverse vix. I don't know if you know the inverse vix, but like T vix, um, it was the actual VIX, like the volatility index, and it's like twice whatever the volatility index does, and I sold it like right before the pandemic like really hit, but yeah. it went from forty dollars to nine hundred dollars in like a couple days. I'm like, why? <laughs> why did I sell that? Right? But it's I'm fiddling around and fucking with my portfolio. Shouldn't be doing it. You know, you should like you gotta, you gotta stay the course, you know? And honestly, I mean, you can't lose it. Like if you're a young person right now and you put your money in practically anything, you know, the company's probably going to get bought out at some point, merge with a bigger company, you know, something will go down. Like you, you don't even really have to mess with it. But if you buy something like index funds and and follow things like, I don't know, do you ever tell people about, uh, the business cycles and the, you know, the, so investing during business cycles, like there's specific industries that do well at different types of the business cycle. I mean, you could literally buy an index fund for industrial stocks, for technology stocks, for banking, the banking sector, right? There's like, I think there's 11 different sectors or something like that. And depending on where we're at in the business cycle, I think we're kind of like late stage business cycle right now. You know, there's companies that do well during a late stage of the business cycle. So maybe you just- go and you buy some index funds, you know, and, and, and try to rock waves and you're not timing the market as much, you know, by buying specific stocks and everything else. I mean, you don't have to be a trader. And I feel like most people over the years that I know that are traders have lost money. Yeah. Like they're, oh, I made all this money. It's kind of like Just a gambler. Gambling. Like something, dude, yeah, exactly. yeah dude, it goes to the game. Yeah. Oh, look at all the money I made off this game, bro. Blah, blah, blah. It's like, oh yeah, bro. But how many, how many games did you lose on? Right. They aren't going to tell you that part. Right.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I think uh especially for younger investors, they'll just they'll be spending like 10-20 bucks a week on coffee, DoorDash, as you said, a bunch of random stuff that you do not need to spend on. If you took that money and put it on the stock market every week, your multiples would be extremely high.
1: Dude, I bought an espresso machine. Probably the best investment I ever made. I got it at Kroger for like 150 bucks, right? It was normally like $250, and I'm I'm so cheap. To this day, I'm super cheap. And I'm like waiting for this thing to go on sale. It was a better deal than what it was at Christmas. Right. And during the holidays. So I scooped this thing up and literally it's saving me tons of money and it makes a great espresso. I don't want to be like an ad for an espresso right now. I don't have any kind of like (laughs) partnership with them or anything, but like, if you're going to Starbucks every day, you're spending, you know, Frappuccinos what? Five bucks, six bucks, somewhere in that range, right? If you get a vent. Yeah, it's crazy, right? Like, I mean, you're spending that kind of money, but you you don't even know how much money you're spending. Like, if you looked back at that every year, like, you could be spending thousands of dollars on freaking Frappuccinos, you know? That's a thousand, like, that's thousands of dollars. Like, and then if you put it into like a, hey, what if I would have stuck this $1,000 a year in the market over the last five years and it would have compounded, right? What kind of money would I have had? Then you look and you feel real sick because you're like, dang, that $1,000 a year I was spending, would be in the last five years would be worth ten thousand now.
0: You know, yeah, you'd be thousand dollars over like sixty years would be like sixty plus thousand if you put that in S and P with an eleven percent growth rate every year, you could already be at over a hundred thousand dollars.
1: Yeah, I mean the stock market doubles every seven years, right? So you know, in seven years that money that you would have been putting in there is doubling, right? Like you'd be you'd be doing all right, but people don't people don't think like that. Like they don't understand how these like micro spending habits that they have they add up you know, yeah. in, yep. in, in, and you know, girlfriends, like taking girls out <laughs> stuff, man, that adds up, man, that, that hit my pockets when I was younger, you know? And I'm like, man, what am I spending? Like going out and, you know, luckily I didn't drink or do any drugs or anything like that. My dad was a, he did plenty of drugs for the whole family. So we, we just never touched it. And, you know, he, he's been sober 25 years, but he came to me and he's like, man, you know how much money you've saved over the years? He's like, if you would have been anything like me, he's like, I bet you, you probably saved two hundred fifty, three hundred thousand $300,000 over the years not drinking, smoking. You
0: yeah. Know? it's just micro purchases. You don't even realize it because they're just so small and insignificant that you just overlook them.
1: You just never know, man. And it's, it's all these little things that you could be putting away. And uh, what about like uh what's that, what's the uh, app that you can use where it, it rounds up every one of your purchases and it, it all goes into an account in acorns, right? Like an acorns yeah. account. Like you get one of those and you tie your credit cards and everything else to it or whatever and then every time you're making a purchase it's taking like say you spent a dollar 49 you know 51 cents is then going into your savings account into this stock account or whatever that's really cool because you don't even know you're saving it right and then one day you look down and you got a thousand bucks in there
0: you know right yeah no it's something uh, a lot of people miss but it's extremely important um all right everyone thank you for tuning into the mbit podcast Uh, and thank you adam for joining us uh, on the pod And I appreciate you taking time to be on the pod.
1: Yeah, yeah. Start a side hustle, people.
0: (laughs) Follow the pod so you don't miss out on uh, future episodes. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, drop a five-star review down below, and I will see you in the next episode. Disclaimer. The MBIT podcast is reflecting the opinion of only the host. The podcast is for informational purposes only. The podcast is also not a research report. It is not a recommendation to purchase or sell any stocks, holdings, or securities. The podcast is also not meant to serve as the basis of any investment decision.